Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 36, and we're discussing our spring 2021 anime first impressions. This episode will be spoiler free, so no worries if you haven't seen any of the anime on our list. Before we dive into anything, we first wanted to share a major update for Strictly Anime. We have officially moved to weekly episodes. Oh, God. (laughs) So you're getting even more anime content from the two of us with new episodes every Monday. Get excited, people, because we're excited. Yeah, it'll be nice to share even more anime content with all of you out there. Um, You know, it's going to be quite a challenge on our end, but we are definitely looking forward to that challenge and looking forward to, again, providing you guys with even more strictly anime content out there. <laughs> so for us, I mean, we, we originally went with bi-weekly episodes or every other Monday um, because we wanted to to get in the groove of being podcasters. This is something that's new to both of us. Um, and we've been doing it for over a year now, but when we started, it was brand new to us. Um, and we just wanted to make sure that we could find a schedule or a rhythm that was sustainable between strictly anime and strictly jojo because we didn't want one to kind of suffer in this process but i think at this point we're we're comfortable we we're familiar with how all of this works and we're ready to up the ante and again bring you strictly anime every single week but for our fellow jojo fans strictly jojo will continue with new episodes every other monday so that'll be on a, a bi-weekly schedule as it has been. So yeah, look forward to even more Strictly Anime. And in anime world, community, whatever news, um, we've got another major announcement for an anime adaptation. And I think overall, 2021 has been really good to us about giving us things that we have been patiently waiting for. First, there was that confirmation that Devil is a Part-Timer is finally getting a season two after like seven eight years and then nagatoro got greenlit for an anime which of course is is airing right now um that was memed forever that it would never get an anime uh, at an anime adaptation and then there's jojo part six which in the jojo community that was a big meme forever and ever because Mm -hmm. i think this is the longest wait that we've had between seasons um so we finally got the part six announcement and now Fairly recently, Komi-san Can't Communicate got an anime confirmation. And I haven't read the manga. I've just seen the memes um, all across Reddit and Twitter and Instagram. So I know there's major, major, major hype for this manga. And I'm interested because the concept, what I've gathered at least from these memes and from these conversations, it looks it looks good. Like I, I, I definitely am going to put this on my watch list and I'm definitely looking forward to it. Me being relatively new to, not new, but what's the word? Novice? (laughs) (laughs) But just basically a little bit out of the loop with stuff going on in the anime community. This is actually my first time hearing, what's it called? Komi-san can't (laughs) communicate. (laughs) Case in point. Um, What exactly is it about, though? So I'm going to pull this out of my ass, again, just purely based on what I've seen on social media. But I believe... Komi-san has like crippling social anxiety where she has a very, very difficult time communicating with other people. Um, and she's like very scared of rejection by her peers. So I think the the premise is that 
yeah, I don't know the other characters' names, but the other characters help her to gain confidence and, and be able to to communicate so that she can make friends. I have no clue if that's like totally off. If it is, please let us know. <laughs> please reach out. But yeah, I'm I'm excited either way because I like the the animation style, um, and it just seems like a fun story. Again, based on the community's reaction to it. And when did the manga? How long ago did the manga start? So it says here, and I'm googling this. Um, the original run started May 2016, so it's been out for mm. a couple of years now. Which is probably why it's been memed so hard that Komi's never going to get an anime adaptation. But here we are. 2021 is delivering. Yeah. It's like this year knew that we were all suffering from what the world was going through in 2020. And so the anime gods were like, you know what? Let's brighten the horizons for everybody. And to kind of quote from Jojo Part 4, let's have everyone look forward to great days <laughs> <laughs> thank you kamisama <laughs> mm -hmm. so on to our first impressions and if you're not familiar with a first impressions discussion it's where we share our early thoughts on anime that's currently airing after only a few weeks into the anime season we'll keep it spoiler free and high level but share enough insight so you can decide if you want to add any of these shows to your watch list yeah it's almost like the the turns have tabled because now we are focusing more on the discussions aspect of our quote-unquote anime reviews and discussions mantra. <laughs> um, and yeah, again, for me, kind of going into this as somewhat of a newbie, um, this is kind of my first time and maybe your first time actually going through a seasonal track of anime. I mean, there was some stuff that we did watch in winter 2020, um, but now we can kind of focus on this season as a whole from the beginning, again, with first impressions. So do look forward to seeing how all of these are going to play out hey you're not a newbie you're a casual <laughs> uh, yeah that's the word casual a casual <laughs> so let's start off with the big boy for the season my hero academia season five what are your initial thoughts first i think it's appropriate that we are starting with my hero academia because this is technically the series that started it all for strictly strictly anime yeah um, we first reviewed the the movie My Hero Heroes Rising. Rising. Yes. Yeah, that was our what do you call it inaugural episode? Mhm. Mm and then we did some episodic reviews of the later half of season 4. So, yeah, we were I, I know I was definitely looking forward to seeing the continuation of this series. And it's weird cuz it, I still can't believe that we've only reached like the halfway point of class 1a's first school year right yeah which kind of makes me think like i've always wondered how many seasons or how long are they going to have my hero air because yeah if if we're five seasons in and only just now and only just now hitting winter basically because everyone's in their winter outfits in the show um this this could be a show that like outruns One Piece potentially. Mm. Yeah, we'll be talking about this for the next five to ten years. <laughs> um, my other thought is like it's another tournament arc, and we've commented in other podcast episodes that my hero's first tournament arc is kind of like a standard that a lot of these subsequent anime, looking at you Jujutsu Kaisen, should kind of aspire to, but it's just kind of odd that they would just do another one i mean i know here this time around it's 
more team-based um, and it kind of showcases how comfortable each student is with their quirks and their ability to work with others and collaborate on a team and kind of maximize each member's respective quirk in the situation. But I don't know. It's like how many tournament arcs are we going to start getting now in My Hero? Yeah, that's a good call out. And one of the things that I'm reflecting on is that the tournament arc in season two of My Hero was important because that's how we got introduced to the, I would say like the quote unquote main characters of class 1A. Um, we also did, of course, see the the minor characters, but really that, that was the first introduction we had into who they are as, as characters as well as their powers. So here it feels like this tournament arc in season five is more to let the minor characters shine which is cool, but far less compelling, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So my take on it is that like this season so far is interesting, but because I don't care as much about class 1B, I'm having a hard time kind of getting into things. And let me pause here. For context, I'll share how far we are into each of these seasons. So for My Hero, um, sorry, not, not seasons, anime. For My Hero, we are eight episodes in out of 25. So we're still pretty pretty early on, but we're getting enough of um, this first season to kind of gauge how the tournament arc is, is going to play out in terms of like delivering good anime content. And not only that, um, there's also the running plot of you know Endeavor now being the number one hero um, and how he's continuing to deal with that new responsibility, as well as, and I know we mentioned we're not going to spoil too much, but um, the the now number two hero, Hawks, how he kind of plays into the whole League of Villains plotline that has been going on since the very start of the series. So a lot of that is kind of put on the sidelines because they have this group tournament arc, but hopefully... We'll start getting more of that as the season rolls along. Um, and, you know, the other thing with My Heroes, you mentioned there's a whole menagerie of characters. And now we're kind of focusing on minor characters, especially from Class 1B. So it's so hard to keep everyone's names, <laughs> like, on track. Or yeah. Like, uh, make sure that we know who is who. Thankfully, Crunchyroll has the added feature of, or I guess the show, too, has the added feature of, putting everyone's names and their quirks as reminders throughout each episode. But it's also like, if I'm never going to see Class 1B again, or if I'm barely going to see them, do I want to dedicate all this time to learning about them? Like, unless mm -hmm. they're going to start infusing a lot of Class 1B into the show moving forward, I don't know if I want to spend all this time on it. Um, but it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm just not, like, super into it. I think my, my hope is that this tournament arc will last like the first half of the season. And then the second half of the season will hopefully focus on some of the stuff that they've been peppering throughout this first half. Again, the, the Endeavor stuff, the Hawk stuff, mm -hmm. the Todoroki stuff, etc. Um, So I think if they play things out similar to how they did with season four, where it's really like split down the middle first half and second half, like we're two very different stories. I'm hoping that I'll enjoy the second part of the season more, but we shall see. Yeah, one more thing is also um, another major plotline for season five is, you know, Midoriya's connection with the previous wielders of One for All. And I know in the season four, the finale referenced the dream he had um, with these, they call them vestiges, 
and is that how you say it i thought it was vestiges 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 i, I have no idea yeah. i could be wrong <laughs> i could be pronouncing it the british way i don't know um so yeah it's it's kind of a shame that we're getting so much focus on this tournament arc um because it doesn't leave enough time for these other plot lines to really develop but at the same time it seems like this tournament arc is building up to i think midoriya is the last one in in the matches right yeah um so leading up to him probably intertwining that plot uh, with what he's doing in the tournament arc because Shinso also kind of plays into that plot line as well. Um, who is a, is he a class 1B character? I don't even think he's part of 1B. I thought okay. he was in the support oh, the character support class, class. Yeah. Which I don't know what class that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Shinso is now part of this tournament in a way. And he is also somewhat involved with how Midoriya is connected to the vestiges, the vestiges of One <laughs> for All. Um, so yeah. Hopefully, once this tournament arc wraps up, we'll get more juicy details on those plot lines. Next anime on our list is Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Um, I'm watching it, but you're not. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll share my thoughts on it. And truthfully, I didn't think I'd like this show um, because based on the synopsis alone, I should not like this show, knowing myself and knowing my taste. But shit. I love it. <laughs> it's definitely becoming my guilty pleasure anime. Like I know if you follow Gigguk at all, like his guilty pleasure anime is Domestic Girlfriend, which is just a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. I have to say this one is very quickly shaping up to be my guilty pleasure anime. I wouldn't call it a dumpster fire on the level of Domestic Girlfriend, um, but it is a very interesting show. And after seeing all of the hype and all of the memes, I decided to give it a shot and I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, the, the episode that I'm on right now, and I am current with it is episode six out of 12. So we are halfway through this season and the, the overall premise is that Nagatoro is, um, I think a first year student in high school and she meets her senpai who's a second year student and she's interested in him, but shows her affection through basically bullying her. Like I think the literal translation of him, Oh, I'm sorry, bullying him. I think the literal translation or the common translation of the show is don't bully me, Miss Nagatoro. But I think to to kind of soften the title, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, Crunchyroll or whoever went with don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. So on the surface, the first two episodes are pretty rough, I guess. Not like terrible, but they are they're kind of like that gateway to you know the people who are really going to enjoy the show like if you can make it over that hill of the first two two to three episodes um everything gets much better from that point it's still enjoyable to watch but it's also kind of like painful to watch him get toyed with we'll say toyed with quote unquote um in those first couple episodes so i i encourage people if you're interested in the show make it to like episode three or four um, cause that's when like the true plot line sort of kicks in and you'll get to understand the characters and, and who they are a little bit better. So she's infatuated with him. Yeah. I mean, but, it's, but it's... she's just very sadistic in how she interacts with him. Yeah. And like, okay. we're, they're still developing the characters. So, like, I don't know if they're going to share any details as to like why she likes to bully or toy with senpai, but she she does and is it a hard home life <laughs> i don't <laughs> I always know think it, <laughs> but like it all i can that. tell you is after like the first 
two, three episodes, it's very clear Senpai is probably a masochist because he's like, he hates it, but he loves it. Let's just, I'll leave it at that. Because <laughs> hmm. I did watch that one episode where I think he's trying to, to paint or like draw her. Yeah. And like afterwards, she kind of comes on to him and then she doesn't. <laughs> i didn't know she's what very I, hot and cold about yeah, him i didn't know what i was watching but mostly hot she's yeah it's it's a it's a fun watch just take it for what it is um and and don't try to be too off put by the the quote-unquote toying that's happening because again it's pretty they lay it on thick in the first two episodes but they lighten up on that um as the show progresses so i recommend this one for anyone that's been interested Next up is To Your Eternity, which is, I think, getting major praise um, already. So we are, I think technically the series is farther along, but we're only caught up to episode three. So we're still fairly new to this show. Um, But already on my anime list, it's got a score of 8.66, which is pretty Mm. impressive this early on. And I think it's, I don't know if it's an original anime, but it's from the person who wrote A Silent Voice. Is that right? I think it is, it had a manga adaptation originally. Um, oh, you're right. It is a manga. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you're right. I believe it's directed, sorry, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. Um, oh, no, it, it is written by the same person. Um, who wrote A Silent Voice, who is Yoshitoki Oima. Um, and A Silent Voice is amazing. It's one of my favorite anime movies. So when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I'm watching To Your Eternity. Yeah, just like how I actually recently watched The Silent Voice for the first time. And and I like how that movie is just a roller coaster of feels. This one is definitely going to be another roller coaster for the feels for the spring season. Yeah, it started off um, like, yeah, I mean, the first episode alone was its own roller coaster. Um, I, I have, we have no clue what to expect from the show. Um, I'm just so excited that the OP is by Utada Hikaru because uh-huh. I am a huge Utada fan. For years and years and years, I have loved her. So um, I was super hype when I was watching the OP and suddenly it was her singing. But the story seems very unique. Um, and I'm not sure where things are going, but I'm super intrigued and I, I just want to keep watching. The world building that happens in the show is at a slow pace, but not too slow where you lose interest. Like it's slow enough to keep you wanting more, um, but they're not kind of like laying it all on thick. They, they really are kind of stringing you along and you're learning about things kind of as the characters are learning about things. You're not really privy to any any insider information as the show goes on if that makes sense yeah i think it's just because of the premise of the show it's so it's like a spiritual orb that gets thrown into the world and kind of has to learn things about the world along the way um so yeah to your point we're kind of learning what's going on with this sort of i don't know like i don't know how to describe it but this sort of spirit that is wandering this world and just to kind of comment a little bit more on the first episode without spoiling too much it i thought it felt like so cinematic that it could have even served as like almost like a standalone movie because it was just so grand in this contained story that if that were the whole series i think i would have been satisfied but then it kind of leads you into what happens in the next 
probably two or three episodes and sets up another plot that you kind of don't expect but again you learn as you go along with this this spirit yeah and to echo that when you're watching the first episode you're like oh, okay i think i get the idea here i think i know what's going to what the what the plot's about and then suddenly like that comes full circle basically and then you're like wait so what now like what what happens now and i feel like i get that feeling at the end of every episode so far that i'm like well, what now like what does this mean what's going on but again it's like it's not done in a way that confuses me or frustrates me it's more like i cannot wait for the next week's episode um because i, I need to see what's happening granted we're still a couple ups i think we're like two episodes behind maybe three <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it's also a show that i kind of want to savor and really enjoy um which is odd because i'm a I'm definitely a, a binge watcher, but there's just something just so beautiful about this anime and I I'm excited for it. It is a full looking at the number of episodes. It's almost a full season at 20 episodes, which is pretty unique for um for an anime season. So I don't know if it's going to be a single season and they could just, you know, forecast 20 would be enough, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's really good. Yeah, I think this one is definitely one that uh, I will also try to savor because I think it's probably going to deal with the heaviest themes of all the anime this season, which it looks like it just kind of comments and revolves around, you know, life and death and just existence and finding purpose in life. Um, so so one big existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, definitely worth the watch if if you're into really high emotional shit. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to recommend the show. <laughs> if you want to be depressed, but also <laughs> philosophical. You want to be depressed, <laughs> depressed, and impressed at the same yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next two um, are ones that I'm watching, but I'm going to bucket these together because I think these are the two big romantic comedies. Okay, well, let me let me stop there. They're really not, not both of them are romantic comedies, but both of them are romance anime to a certain degree. It's quite pushing the description, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard because one of them seems like a romance on the surface, um, but it's kind of shaping up to not be that. But anyway, I'll bucket these together because I think there's like a similar-ish theme going on between the two. The first one is Higehiro, which um, the translated title is, After being rejected, I shaved and took in a high school runaway. <laughs> From the title alone, I was like, hell no, hard pass but again just like nagatoro i'm glad i didn't let the the title and the synopsis deter me um i thought it was going to be some weird anime where some older dude wants to get with a high school girl and just basically be a fucking pedophile but that actually ended up being koikimo which is the the next anime that i'll talk about oh, which God. it sounds worse than it is i'll i'll explain when i get there but the the premise of Higehiro is that um, the main character Sayu is a high school runaway, as the title infers, and she meets Yoshida, who is the main character of the show, and offers to sleep with him in order to have a place to stay for the night. And this is something that she does regularly. Help, um, police! <laughs> Help! <laughs> yeah, basically. Red flags here. Wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo for that SpongeBob reference. Um, so, on the, again, on the surface, it sounds bad. Like, this sounds like a fucking dumpster fire. But you learn very quickly that unlike the other men that Sayu has been with up until this point, 
um, Yoshida is different and genuinely cares about her. So the story is not so much a romance. Like there's definitely romance elements in it um, with some of the other characters, but the story is more about um, a high schooler being able to trust people again, um, being able to find kindness again, and being able to accept her past so that she can look toward her future. And I am current with this uh, this anime as well. And we are on episode, as I'm scrolling here, episode 7 out of 13. So another show where we're halfway through the season. And I really, really, really would love a season 2. Like I can tell you at 7 episodes in, I want more Higehiro content. I hope we get a season 2 because where the story is progressing um, is setting up for some, I think, some like major themes that... I think are both often explored in anime, but maybe not so often explored in anime, um, but then also some major feels. And everyone's just like, all the women are drawn so cute. Their faces are like scrunched onto their heads and like they got these big foreheads and it's drawn hmm. really weird, but they look so cute and pretty. And I just, I love everything about this show and Yoshida, the the main character, the guy is just a fucking Chad. He's awesome. Like, it's very wholesome. He, I, I don't want to give too much away, but honestly, he's probably my favorite character of this anime season across all the shows that we're watching. I am just hmm. loving him. He's fantastic. So I would highly recommend this as something that, again, on the surface, sounds like fucking jailbait. But trust me, it is not. It is worth a watch because I think that this is going to be a story that's going to rip the feels right out of you and explore some themes that are a bit heavier um, but in a way that's still entertaining. Next up is Koikimo. And as I alluded to earlier, this is the show that actually kind of has the more dumpster fiery plot. Help, police. <laughs> so the premise of this show is a, I think he's like 26, but a businessman um, is saved by a high school girl because he basically like he's about to fall down the stairs and die and she saves him. And this high school high school girl ends up being his younger sister's classmate. And he meets her formally and falls in love with her. Nope. So this is the romance. Nope. Um, <laughs> the big romance anime, I think, for the spring 2021 season. And yes, um, on the surface, it sounds terrible. But this show was recommended to me by our friend Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. And at first, I didn't want to bother it with it because again the concept turned me off because it's an older guy trying to get with a high school girl but damn i'm really glad i took kevin's recommendation because similar to nagatoro i conceptually should not like this show but i'm really enjoying it and i think it's because the way that the way that the show's written they're making sure to avoid any creeper vibes from the main character rio the guy who's interested in the high school girl and as the show goes on you can kind of tell he's he genuinely cares for her so this is honestly very risky territory to be in, in terms of like a premise, but the writing is done well enough where you aren't off put by the age gap. It's still there. It's still talked about, um, but you're just kind of, it's just, it's a romantic comedy and you're just along for the ride and you just got to put certain things out of your mind in order <laughs> to enjoy a show. So yeah, I, I don't know why I like it. I, I really do. Um, something about it is, is intriguing and kind of endearing at certain points. And one thing, without spoiling anything, one thing I really enjoy about the show so far is that they're not, like, wasting any time with, like, fluff or filler or, like, very um, ambiguous character 
monologues or thought processes or feelings. So it, it gets a little more straight to the point than some other romance anime out there. We are, um, I'm current with it as well. We are eight episodes in out of 12. So also halfway through this season. Um, and I think this is another one that I'd recommend with caution. I mean, it's it's a weird plot for sure, but I think it's worth taking a chance. And I, like Courtney said, I'm not watching this show. And because of that premise, who knows if I ever will. <laughs> um, but I did catch one episode with you. And I think there is one glaring thing that you left out about this show which is the audio quality oh yeah okay thank you for reminding me of that um just be prepared for really fucking weird voice acting audio quality voice acting itself is fine but i think and this is just something that i gathered on some like reddit discussions i think what happened is that maybe because of the pandemic they had the voice actors record outside of a formal studio and you can tell like one of the characters um who's like a semi-main character, has Itadori, um, Itadori's voice actor, if anyone's watched Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, he's Fugo from JoJo Part 5. Um, he's in some pretty major things. So he's a like seasoned, very good voice actor, but even his character sounds odd because he's not in a formal studio and therefore you kind of get that like empty space sound from the character voice acting. It's like, they're in like a an empty like a room, yeah, or like in a tube. So it's it's I think as good as they could it's have stuck done. In a vacuum, guys. <laughs> it's as good as they could have done. I think given like the the situation with you know the shutdowns and all of that, and I don't know. It's it's something that you just have to kind of like put out of your mind as you're watching it. There are certain points where it gets like really bad, and I'm like, oh my god, it does not sound good. But it's not enough to make me turned off by the show. Like I still really want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And just for reference, the voice actor that Courtney is referring to is Junya Enoki, uh, who plays Tamaru on the show. Yeah, Tamaru. I love him. I think he's a fantastic voice actor. And anytime he's in an anime, I get like super hype about it. So um, it's a shame that he, he sounds like he's in a tube. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one more thing about Koikimo before we move on. The OP's a fucking banger. I was about to say. It's a fucking <laughs> banger. I love it so much. Like that shit right after the first episode went right on the spotify playlist like mm-hmm. it is so good there's some there's some ops where you listen to it and immediately are like yes this is it <laughs> yeah i don't watch the show but courtney introduced me to the song and it definitely is a banger and you mentioned that it, it sounds like a, a japan japanese justin timberlake kind of does yeah it has <laughs> that can, same vibe i can envision it. so if there's one reason and one reason alone that i can implore you to give koikimo a chance it's the op <laughs> Next up is Tokyo Revengers. Um, This had so much fucking hype around it when it got announced um, for an anime adaptation. Um, I didn't know what it was about. All I saw was that promo image of like the main character holding someone and there was fire. So I thought he was going to be a fucking firefighter or something. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on our Instagram page. Um, We posted a couple weeks back about the, the show's the anime that are on our watch list for spring 2021 and i we've we posted it on there so just scroll a bit um or swipe a bit and you'll be able to see it but yeah i i had no clue like literally no clue what this show was i went in completely blind and while i'm not the craziest about the animation style i think this story is really cool yeah i kind of went into this blindly i mean you told me what the plot was which is basically this young adult who 
doesn't get isekai'd, <laughs> but he gets transported. It's like semi-isekai'd. Yeah, he, he gets transported back in time and tries to save um, his former girlfriend from from a fate um, in the present. And when I heard this premise, I, the first thing I thought of was like, I don't know why I thought this, but like, I bet J.J. Abrams is going to try to make an adaptation of this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but that aside, I didn't think I would get pulled in so much by this show because it has this very interesting premise of you know going back in time to change things in the present. Although we know that from Avengers Endgame, <laughs> that might not always be the case. But in this universe, it is. And there's also a element to this that kind of goes into organized crime and the rise of this gang that the main character uh what's his name takamichi yeah that he was previously involved with in his younger life um but seeing how that plays out it's very interesting to see that you sort of empathize with these so-called criminal minds by seeing how takamichi interacts with them in the past so trying to see that connection with how this organized crime syndicate, like how it how it operates in the future, it's it'll be interesting to see that connection or I guess that disconnect because if these characters are supposed to be somewhat um, wholesome or empathetic, what caused them to go down this this dark path? Yeah, it's. I like the concept of of time and and changing the future and changing fate in the show. And I'll just I'll just mention because it's it's in the the synopsis across like every website. But um, Takemichi's former girlfriend dies in the present. She's killed in the present um, because of this um, this gang. And Takemichi has an opportunity by going to the past to change the course of events and hopefully save her. So that that's the the whole the whole plot mm-hmm. um super high level and i find myself rooting so hard for takemichi and naoto who's um hina's younger brother every episode because they want so bad to make this happen and you can feel it the way it's written it's like you can feel how desperate and how like intense they are about changing the future and saving hina and i love it and as you learn more about hina you really root for her too uh, i won't talk too much about her character i don't want to spoil anything but um she she's somebody that you know it, it makes sense as to why they want so badly to to save her so i think the whole story is cool. like time travel it's done a lot in entertainment um but i think this concept is slightly different from anything that i've seen like not super different but different enough where i'm like okay like i i'm not quite sure where this will go like i can't quite mm-hmm. call you know all the things that i think are going to happen just because they the way they approach time travel um is i don't know unique i guess yeah on that same premise it's it's very unique in that you know takemichi kind of travels back and forth across time um and so seeing how things are affected in the present i think is a very it's what makes this show kind of stick out from typical time travel like shows or media 
Yeah, and uh, I should mention as well, I'm I'm doing really bad. I'm doing a really bad job at calling out how far we are into each season before we actually start talking about the show. But for Tokyo Revengers, we are five episodes in. I think we're one episode behind. I think it's like six weeks in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is not a confirmation about how many episodes this is going to be. There's speculation, I think, that it's probably going to be like 24-ish episodes, but really we're kind of not sure at this point so i don't know how far along we are in the grand scheme of things but we are five episodes in at this point and just like with koikimo this op for tokyo revengers is also a definite banger it's so good and it fits so well for this show like this is a great match in my opinion mm-hmm. and, and it sounds like the lead singer to me sounds like um a japanese Bruno Mars. <laughs> like all these singers just sound like um, American counterparts. But it's a very impressive song, and it's a unique song. Like the song itself has like a couple different rhythms in it, doesn't it? I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like, like a, a jazzy, funky rhythm, which I guess it kind of fits with like this criminal element. Uh, yeah. And it's like, because it, Takemichi and Naoto are kind of like sleuths in this whole thing. So it, it fits that vibe as well. Like this sleuthing detective vibe yeah i think it's a a great song so if anything if not for the story please just watch it for for the op Mm -hmm. (laughs) but again i will call out that the animation style is not my favorite um and i i don't think i'm not off put by like the square eyes that everybody has i'm more so off put that like everyone looks fucking tired like they draw these extra (laughs) lines underneath like takemichi's eyes where he's just always like exhausted looking and i get it like that's part of his character but i'm also like Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to look at his face, mm-hmm. um, but it's fine. It's not nothing like super distracting. I was going to say the, the stark contrast between Takamichi in the present and the past is off-putting. I, I get it, though. It's like it's supposed to differentiate his former personality with his his present personality. But what, when they made that jump from, you know, he looks like this typical young Japanese adult and then you transport him back. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, it's just very different. Uh, but yeah, other than that, the animation, it's there. It's, it's bearable at least. (laughs) Um, and with that, let's move on to the next anime on our list, which is Shaman King. And to be better at this, I will tell you how many episodes we're in, um, into this run. And it's one, (laughs) we are one episode in (laughs) to Shaman King out of like 50 episodes. Yeah. (laughs) So it is a total of 52 episodes. Um, they've confirmed that like that's going to encompass the entire series or show. And, um, I, I think for us knowing that it's 52 episodes, um, I feel like given all the other anime that we're, we're watching right now, this is going to be a slow burn for us. In a good way. Like, I, I want to take my time with Shaman King. I don't want to jump into it too deep or too quickly, um, which sounds naughty. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I think for me, it's the nostalgia factor. So I watched Shaman King, um, the original one, when I was younger. And damn, this Shaman King remake feels just like the original one. And I'm loving it. And I think they they purposely took their time to, to recreate the show and try to uh, encapsulate all of the, I don't know, like the essence of Shaman King that made the original so popular. And I, I appreciate that. So I think that's another reason why like, I want to take my time and enjoy this one, despite being a, a typical binge watcher. 
So when we watched the pilot, I don't, did you, do you remember watching the pilot of the original show? And by the way, that original show came out in the early 2000s for anyone who's curious. Yeah. So because it was so long ago, truthfully, I don't remember a lot about Shaman King. Mm -hmm. I know like a couple of the main characters and I remember the premise of it, but I, I distinctly remember the feelings that I got again, that nostalgia of watching Shaman King and it was just so hype and I loved it so much back then. Um, so I, I'm hoping that I can, like the way that this this remake is done, we'll be able to invoke a lot of those same feelings that I had from back then. Okay. I want to relive my younger days, <laughs> my childhood. Actually, I don't even know if I was a child back then. But <laughs> mm. On the flip side, I don't have any sort of nostalgic attachment um, to, to this show, but this is definitely going to be an interesting watch. Um, what I can say uh, from my end is it kind of reminds me of Demon Slayer with how the main character, I believe his name is Yo Asakura. Um, he has this special ability to kind of interact with the dead or with the, the spirits of the dead. And the way that he interacts with them, it's almost like he's like he's empathizing with them, similar to how Tanjiro kind of empathizes with the demons that he is supposed to slay. Um, Again, you get all of that from this first episode that we watched. So getting seeing that as the foundation kind of sets up a lot of intrigue for what's to come in these 52 episodes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll probably ramp up our viewing of Shaman King um, as the the show gets kind of deeper into the story so that I can binge watch. <laughs> mm, I see. Next up is Combatants Will Be Dispatched. Um, which is a a comedy, I guess. It's like purely a comedy for for this season. I don't know. There's there's probably some other comedies on the list here, but of the ones that we're watching, like this is the the comedy anime. Um, we are far behind. <laughs> I'm looking up the numbers, guys. <laughs> we are three episodes in, and there's twelve total. We are a couple of uh, a couple of weeks behind, and I think it's because. This one is probably like lower on my list for this season. Don't get me wrong. It's funny, but for some reason, the humor doesn't always land with me. Like I'll chuckle, but I don't exactly find it like genuinely funny for most of the jokes. So it's like enjoyable, but not like super enjoyable. I'm kind of on the fence about it. And I think it just might be the the humor that's in the show is not quite in line with like what I find humorous, um, but it is again, humorous enough where... I'm enjoying what I'm watching for the most part. The only note I wrote for combatants will be dispatched is, eh. <laughs> I gave it for, for the same reasons. Um, I mean, I like agent six. He kind of reminds me of like, in some ways, bash the stampede because part of this show takes place. I don't know if this is also like an isekai or something, but it takes place in this like vast wasteland. Um, and he also has like a bit of Johnny Bravo, I want to say, mixed in with him just because he is so infatuated with the women that he encounters in mm -hmm. this world. But yeah, something about the, the humor in here, it just falls flat for me. And you know, I'm still confused on what the plot of this show is because the first episode, it shows Agent Six in this other dimension and he's tasked with going to this other dimension, which I mentioned is the wasteland. But like, there is no backstory. There's no real exposition. You're kind of just thrown into it. 
and you just watch these series of events unfold. Yeah, it's kind of like at least three episodes in, like the focal point is the humor around like the quirky pairing between Agent Six and Alice, who's like the robot chick. Yeah, she's whatever. like the robot chick that's like his his partner in crime. Um, because they're they have very different personalities. But so from what I understand, Combatants Will Be Dispatched is by the same person who created Konosuba. And for those familiar with Konosuba, um, it's like a super popular comedy anime. And to be totally honest, I've never watched it. I just know it purely based on the memes that come out of that show. And there are a lot of memes that come out of Konosuba. So I can't even really speak to Konosuba, but I know that it is. Um, it's supposed to just be purely like a comedy from from what I've gathered um, and kind of like poke fun at isekais, basically. Because I think the, mm. the premise is an isekai. So with that said, um, I think people are very excited about Combatants Will Be Dispatched because it's coming from somebody who's already given us like comedy gold, basically. <laughs> um, but I don't know. like I, It's not quite landing with me at this point. So now I'm curious to know if I would like Konosuba because it's, it's been like... It's not on my watch list, but it's something that I've been kind of thinking about adding to my watch list, but we'll see. I don't know. I think I'll give Combatants Will Be Dispatched a few more episodes and then decide like if this is something that I want to follow through on this season. I try not to drop anime um, as much as possible, but sometimes if you're just not fucking into something, you're just not into it. (laughs) Don't force yourself and be miserable. (laughs) How many episodes is this one? This one is 12. So it's a short season. Um, I think we could do it. Mm-hmm. but we'll see it's not going to be one that we're going to be current with i think this one will be one that we watch when we have time when we feel like it yeah or maybe we'll <laughs> panic at the end of the season and be like shit we got to finish this one in the binge mm-hmm. next we have another rom-com for you which is osamake translated to the rom-com where the childhood friend won't lose um it's uh it's got that light novel title structure to it um but there's kind of like a twist to that i won't say anything about it i want to spoil it but when you watch it enough you'll get why it's called the rom-com where the childhood friend won't lose like there's kind of like a double meaning there um so this one was also recommended to me by our friend kevin and so far this show intrigues me but I'm really confused as to whether this just has like over the top ridiculous writing or if the story choices are intended to poke fun at rom-com tropes because there's a lot of rom-com tropes in here and like I'm almost thinking like this has got to be on purpose. This has got to be intentional to some degree. Hmm. Um, So I am five episodes in. I believe I'm current with this one out of 12 episodes and the plot that I've gathered so far is that the main character, it's a harem anime, um, the main character is a childhood actor. And he has three childhood friends, and they all fall in love with him, and they're all harem battling it out to be with him. Um, but kind of the, the connection that he has with each of them is very different but very special. And I don't know, like the, the show started off well because i thought there was like a distinct love interest but then it like went full on harem on me and i love romance anime but i sometimes don't always love harem anime so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of like on the fence about it it does have a 6.8 on mal at this point which is pretty low um, but i think it, i'm intrigued enough where i'll follow through with it i'm just hoping that it actually is intending to poke fun at romantic comedies because damn like some of the writing choices are kind of out there 
But yeah, that's all I have to say about this one. It's kind of like lower on my list. So I think it's something that like if you want some rom-com to pick up for the time being, this is one you could pick up. Okay, so moving on, we have Those Snow White Notes. This one was kind of a sleeper hit, I feel like. Like most people weren't watching this one, but it kind of hit our radar. And I'm glad that we're watching it. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think we picked up this one after watching Gigux, Gigux, Gigux Spring 2021 20, anime preview. And I think this is one that I will definitely be following closely, primarily because it's music centric. Uh, so I think the premise of the show is that it follows this musician named Setsu, who has an enormous musical talent um, in playing the shamisen, um, which he learned from his grandfather. But after his grandfather passes away, he kind of goes through this personal crisis and ends up moving out of his rural home to Tokyo in, in a quest to kind of find his own unique sound. And... Like with uh, Two Year Eternity, I think that the first episode we watched, it felt like it could have been a contained standalone movie um, just because of the depth of the theme of music and its powerful connection or the powerful connection that humanity can have with music because there is this climactic concert scene and I'm not going to spoil it, but it it leaves a big impact on you as the viewer um, not just music-wise, but also thematically. So I I think this is one, like I said, that I would probably watch pretty religiously for this season. Because um, myself being a musician, uh, this kind of topic does interest me. Um, and seeing, again, Setsu's connection with with his talent in the shamisen and, and finding his own purpose through that talent um, is definitely intriguing. Yeah, and okay, before I, I share my thoughts, guys, I'm doing a really bad job at this. We are two episodes in out of 12. We are not current with this anime because we actually picked it up kind of late into the season, um, or at least this point in the season. So yeah, we're only two episodes in. Um, but to share my thoughts, I honestly was ready for some like cringy traditional shamisen playing that would kind of feel forced onto us in like a cool way. Like they're really trying to make the shamisen cool and relevant, but I was pleasantly surprised that the the shamisen playing in this show is actually cool. Like it mm-hmm. sounds so good without it being like too modern. So I, I would call it a blend, like a perfect blend of like traditional and modern and just honestly super nice to listen to. I also really appreciate that the songs that they play in this show are almost full songs. I've seen a couple of music-based anime, so I'm not super familiar with the genre, but sometimes I feel like they call it a a music anime, but really it's more about, like they, they, they focus way more on the character arcs and stories, and the music just kind of supports that. Here I feel like it truly is a focus on the music and this character's, um, Setsu's connection with the music, and that actually supports the character story so it's kind Mm -hmm. of in reverse because anytime that they're playing music that's when you actually start to get the world building and the backstory so there's such a strong connection to the shamisen and to the music element of the show um that i i find myself appreciating 
the shamisen, which is an instrument that I, I knew of but didn't know a lot of. Yeah, it's, it's unique in that sense because, you know, I didn't think the shamisen, I don't mean to sound like condescending, but I didn't think the shamisen would have been an interesting instrument to be a focus in a music anime because you typically see a lot more elegant things like, like a piano or a, violin. or a violin. Yeah, but the way that they... I guess present this instrument it 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 strong it has like a strong reverence for it which is nice um but how many episodes is this one uh i think it's 12 and again we are two episodes in mm-hmm. um so yeah i think this one like i said is one that i will definitely be focused on um almost religiously and if there's one thing i feel like i'm gonna walk away with this anime from this anime with sorry i just like butchered that whole sentence but you get what i'm trying to say um it's it's a newfound appreciation for the shamisen again a an instrument i i knew of but didn't know a lot about um and that's only two episodes in i mean i can say that only two episodes in like that's that's truly how impressive this um the show is with its its theme around music so I recommend it. I think it's one that's worth a watch, especially if you are someone who has a close connection or an appreciation for for music. Next, we have Joran, the Princess of Blood and Snow. I'm the one watching this. Carl's not watching it. And honestly, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Um, I am current. We are eight episodes in out of 12. And like, honestly, this show is meh at best. I like the animation style. Um, I think it's slightly unique. It's it's um, nice to look at, but the show is just all plot twists, and I'm not exaggerating. Literally every episode hmm. so far has had at least one crazy plot twist, with some episodes having multiple plot twists. Like, it's, it's like a running thing now with the show. Like, you just know that there's at some point going to be some fucking plot twist that gets slapped on your lap. Um, but I'm watching it because I want to see what happens next. Not really because I'm like enjoying it necessarily. I'm just like, it's a story that's, I guess, interesting enough where I'll sit through this bad writing just to kind of see what's going on. The problem here is that I cannot tell you what this show is about. (laughs) I'm really not sure what's happening or what the plot is. And I don't know where this story is heading. My best attempt is that it starts off with this like syndicate, this group that's you know kind of in the shadows and is protecting the current government regime or whatever from i don't know terrorists or people who want to to you know kick the current regime out but then it like suddenly tells you that the main character she's from this clan that has like blue blood and this blue blood gives them special powers but I'm not quite sure like what the connection is between the two of these things and also like she she how do I explain this? So like the the goal that she has in the show gets completed super early on. So I'm also kind of like, well, what am I watching now? Like she already did her thing. What am I like? What am I working towards at this point? So it's it's super confusing. Um, it's honestly not one that I would outright recommend. But if you've been eyeballing it, it doesn't hurt to watch it. But I I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it. And I'll leave it at that because that, that's really all I have to say about this show. Now we come to the only show, or no, one of the only two shows, I think, that have wrapped up for um, for this season. And I, I'm probably, like, definitely speaking out of turn because there's a shitload of anime on here. And I'm sure other ones maybe have already completed. But of the ones that we're aware of, um, this is one of the, the two 
that um, have already finished. And that is The Way of the House Husband. Also known as Goku Shufudo. This was one that I actually was looking forward to um, just because there was so much hype built around it. And I believe we talked about this on uh, Weep, our Weebcast episode or our collaboration with Weebcast. Yes. And so this one came out sometime last month and it was quite a letdown. Not just because it's incredibly short because there's five quote unquote episodes that are like 15 minutes a piece, which are basically many episodes kind of mashed up into each 15 minute slot but i think most of you already know that the motion comic like animation style is what really brought the show down and i call it whatever the opposite of a feast for your eyes is or maybe like spoiled milk for your eyes (laughs) yeah this show got a lot of heat about the animation style because i think what what most people are calling it is like a glorified powerpoint presentation and that's Mm. pretty spot on um i hated the animation style i'm sorry like i just to me it felt lazy and knowing that this is a netflix like backed anime i was disappointed that they would make this the style choice for this show Mm -hmm. it just felt like the show is so simple at least from what i gathered in the six episodes that aired um the show is so simple the premise is so simple you know why not take this opportunity to really up the ante on the the animation um, because everything else can be delivered in such a simple way. Like I don't know how to describe it without like spoiling anything. Um, but the humor is great. The voice mm-hmm. acting is great, but the animation style and I, I think the choice of like having mini episodes inside of each episode um, kind of took away from from the whole thing as well. And that may be how the manga set up. I don't know because we don't read manga. Um, but something about it just kind of felt like a rush job. Yeah. To comment a little bit more on the animation, it, it reminds me of something you'd see in like an Adult Swim commercial gag. Or there was that show that was on Adult Swim like a long time ago called like China, Illinois. Oh, yeah. <laughs> China, Illinois, China, Illinois. It reminds me of that animation style. And to your point, like I, I don't know if that was the intention because of the way that the manga was formatted, which it seems like it had these like almost one-off episodes or plots that weren't any in any particular chronological order um but yeah it it just doesn't live up to the actual premise of the show which i don't think we've talked about it's basically a former uh yakuza boss or i guess yeah yeah yakuza boss who um retires from that life in order to become a house husband and you just see his his daily antics and you know going grocery shopping or trying to do chores around the house and seeing him treat these these errands or chores as this sort of code is what makes the humor in this uh really stellar and of course the a voice actor Kenjiro Suda, his performance as the main character Tatsu, coupled with the humor, is what made this or watching this show a little bit bearable. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, as much as that, those were like highlights of the show. Just everything else kind of dampens it for me. And 
just to point it out, this show was animated by JC Staff. And if you're not familiar with that name, they have a bit of a track record for sketchy animation styles, the most glaring of which is One Punch Man Season 2. But fun fact, they did work on Toradora. And I know oh that's... my god, I love Toradora. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I believe they've announced the Season 2. So, which is weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's only so. Let me correct myself. I said six episodes. It's actually only five episodes. Yeah. And so I was like, Netflix, why are you giving like a quote unquote season two? And they announced it like Im- like almost immediately after this aired because they, they did like the the full the full you know season dump on Netflix. Like you didn't have to wait weekly. They just put all five episodes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they like very quickly said, yeah, season two is coming. And even though everyone was like, why? Yeah, <laughs> season one was terrible, and it's only five episodes. So again, this was what makes me feel like something about this seems lazy because you only have five episodes and you're already going to put out a season two, which I assume is probably going to be also around five episodes. Mm-hmm. It's like, why not just put it all out as one big thing? Like all the decisions just seem short-sighted. Um, and it did get season one, got a 6.97 on Mal, which I think is appropriate. Maybe even slightly yeah. generous. I don't know. Like as much as I will probably watch season two, just cause again, it's the humor and the voice acting performance that that still draws me in but will it really right the wrongs of its predecessor in season one or will everyone have just hopped off the goku shufudo train already i know i have one friend on facebook who was saying that he would he'll probably just put on the audio in the background and just read the manga alongside the audio (laughs) because that's how that's how disappointed he was with the quality of the animation. Yeah, I, I have to just, you know, kind of emphasize that again. Like, the humor, the voice acting, the writing, they're all so good. I mean, this mm-hmm. is why this anime adaptation got such crazy hype when it was first announced. Because people really enjoy the manga. They, they enjoy the, the, the story. They enjoy the characters. And then, yeah, poo-poo everywhere. Yeah, But... I will say that the OP and the ED slap much harder than the animation of the show. <laughs> like, I could put those on. Or the first one, I think it's by the same band, but, like, the OP is, like, this heavy metal um, heavy metal rock anthem. And then the, the ED kind of reminds me of, like, a, a, a classic rock karaoke ballad, something that you would sing in a karaoke bar. But... Yeah, I I think these are probably my favorite OPs and EDs of the spring season so far. Yeah, they're really good and perfect fits for this show. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, but also somewhat not that great, is Yasuke. And I haven't seen this one. You have, so I'll let you uh I'll let you share your thoughts. Yeah, this is Yasuke is just another Netflix they call them ONAs, which I guess is original net animation. Um, that just leaves a lot to be desired. Coincidentally, I picked up Nobunaga Concerto, which is a 2014 anime that takes place around the same time period as this show, which is the Sangoku or Warring States period in Japan. Um, but that aside, Yasuke is about the historical figure of the same name, Yasuke, who was an African warrior who served under uh, Nobuna- or the daim- Japanese daimyo or feudal lord Oda Nobunaga. Uh, the series kind of follows the 
events after Nobunaga's demise during that period of history. But to say that the show took a few creative liberties is an understatement. And the the best way I can describe it is it feels like the producers sat in a room and said, okay, how many anime tropes and cliches can we fit into what should only be a historical period drama? Because even though this is supposed to take place in ancient Japanese history, you have mechas that appear and you have all these fantasy and mal- or magical elements. And it's, it's very anachronistic where it's like you have these kind of modern day things that appear in historical settings, but it just doesn't pull it off well compared to a show like uh, Samurai Champloo, which had like a lot of hip hop elements. Oh, such a good anime. Yeah, a lot of hip hop elements that were incorporated into the story. Um, so yeah, I think if they had just made this a standalone historical period anime, it would have been fine. But then they threw all of these other things in, assuming that you know the anime community would love this, but I I can only speak for myself, but I did not enjoy it at all. Well, to be fair, I think the anime community feels similar to you because this show has already completed its six episodes and it's got a score of 5.94. And mm. that's, I mean, that's bad. If you're familiar with Mal, my anime list, like that's pretty bad. Um, and I haven't seen it. I listened in on one of the episodes that you watched and the voice acting is like weird to me. Mm. Um, I think they got, they tried to get some like big name actors, but actors aren't, aren't always voice actors. And that is very clear. in some of the voice acting in the English, the dubbed version of Yasuke. Um, but all, all I have to say about this, just from a third party perspective is that similar to the way of the house husband, I think Netflix is just trying to take on too much with anime. It's very clear that Netflix is investing a lot of budget and a lot of time and focus into anime because they see that anime is becoming more mainstream. But I think they're doing it from, I don't know, like they're, they're taking the wrong approach. And I think they need to understand our community better before they try to put out some of these shows. And it's not to say that all Netflix anime has been bad. Like there have been some really great ones. Like Carol and Tuesday was was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Castlevania has been getting rave reviews. Yeah. So like there there are they Netflix has potential and and they've been you know showing anime and simulcasting and whatnot for a long time now. But I think they're trying too hard to ramp up and um, to be relevant in the anime community. And it's like just get to know us first. Get to understand what we appreciate, what we like, and the reason why anime is so important to us before you try to dish out a bunch of stuff. Don't just take a cool story and to Carl's point earlier, throw a bunch of anime tropes in there to try and appeal to a mass anime audience. It's just not going to land. And we see it. We know it. I mean, a 5.94, yeah, we we know it. Yeah, I think what they were trying to do in this case is um, try to bridge a gap between appealing to the anime community and also appealing to like mainstream Netflix users who probably aren't really interested in anime, but wanted to give this a chance. Um, But yeah, to kind of just comment a little bit further on the show itself. So I broke strictly anime's cardinal rule where we are only supposed to watch subbed because the English dub is the only thing available on Netflix at the moment. Um, As Courtney mentioned before, 
it stars um these uh um a major Hollywood actor plays Yasuke, so it's not even a voice actor. It's it's Lakeith Stanfield who was featured in Get Out. I think he was the guy who said Get Out. <laughs> you kept saying to me like it's the guy that said Get Out and Get Out. <laughs> and he's also um in Into the Spider-Verse. I think he plays Uncle Aaron, um Miles Morales's uncle. So it's weird cuz his voice acting in this show is just highly uninspiring. Like he tries to sound like a somber uh, Ronin, but it just comes out as he, he sounds sleepy or bored. He sounds terrible. I'm sorry. I'm just going to come out with it. He sounds terrible, which is weird because his performance as Uncle Aaron in Spider-Verse was like good. Mm-hmm. I thought that, I mean, it wasn't fantastic, but I thought it was a solid performance. So yeah. I don't know. Like this just get, get us some Johnny Young botches. Okay. Who, by the way, I think is in this show. He is, <laughs> yeah. And Ming-Na Wen too, who is known as the voice of the animated Mulan. Um, but yeah, you have you have these big names, but it the the product the final product just doesn't deliver. And I listened to the trailer of the Japanese dub, and I could already tell that the the Japanese voice actor for Yasuke he adds a lot more personality personality into the character, despite him also having this very low timbre. So eventually, if that if the Japanese uh, subbed version ever makes it to Netflix, I will probably just give that one show give that one more watch um to see if that makes my experience with the show any better but yeah i I think overall it's just the show and the story just deserve better and we'll see if a season two comes out of it which i think is the creators or the producers intention but yeah it just did not deliver in the end the one highlight though is the show was animated by mappa and so they're still killing it with the animation game, although the CGI, as always, falls flat. And it has a very nice soundtrack and score by the American DJ and record producer Flying Lotus. So that's all I have to say about Yasuke. Well, hey, knowing that it's um, that it's Mappa, I mean, that just goes to show you that you can throw the biggest name in animation on this project and you can throw all the budget dollars. But at the end of the day, if the writing and the choices are poor, then it's just not going to come together. Like you can't mm-hmm. just rely on the animation and big Hollywood actors. Not, they're not even big Hollywood actors, but like well-known-ish Hollywood actors um, and bank on that to, to make this a success, which yeah. it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And to wrap up our discussion, I thought it would be interesting if we um, talked through one question that I have, and that is... Are there any anime that you plan to watch this season based on reviews or memes or what you've seen out there that you haven't already started? Anything that you would add to your list? Besides what we've already talked about? Yeah, so anything that we you're not watching that just based on what you've been hearing or seeing um, in the anime community that you're kind of curious about it and you, you may end up putting it on your watch list? Mm, I, there hasn't been really anything so far. And... Part of that is just because I haven't really been able to sit down and really watch through anime or, or research a lot of anime as, as you have, um, just because it's been busy with my work life. Um, I would say the only thing that I'm really hyped or interested in is is those Snow White notes. And like I said, it's mostly because of my personal affinity for, for music and for music-related anime. Um, what about you, though? 
Was there anything in particular that you also wanted to pick up? So only one show, because um, I feel like everything that I had my eye on, I'm currently watching. And the only show I have on my list, um, my to watch list, is Vivi Fluoride Eyes Song. I have no clue what this is about, but people are, are raving about it. It's currently got an 8.47 on my anime list. And I don't know how many episodes or how many weeks we're in, but um, I'm going to guess maybe close to halfway through. Um, but there's 13 episodes in total. And yeah, like literally, I I do not know anything about this show, but just based on the hype alone, I feel like I should give it a, a chance. It sounds like it's one of those sleeper hits, kind of like, um, like Vinland Saga, where mm. people slept on that show and really should not have and then... You know, a lot of the the fandom and a lot of the um, the views came after it had finished airing. I feel like this may be that same situation. So I don't want to miss out on it. I don't want to miss out on like the hype and, and watching it kind of unfold live um, during the season. So I think I'm going to pick this one up um, probably in like the next week or so and see what it's all about. So there you have it. These are our spring 2021 anime first impressions. If there are any anime this season that you recommend that we add to our list, please reach out and let us know because we are always open to suggestions. And yeah, if there's enough hype, if there's enough of a recommendation, I am totally willing to add something to my list. Yeah, and this is already shaping up to be a very, very exciting spring anime season. Yeah, I think that the the winter season was fucking amazing. I mean, Attack on Titan aside, it was a really good season with a lot of great anime. And I think many of us were a bit concerned that spring 2021 would not live up to the hype of winter 2021. But um, while I wouldn't say it's at the level of winter, I think it's still a great season so far. Mm-hmm. It came out with guns blazing. So we'll see how it wraps up entering into the summer season. And that wraps up episode 36 of Strictly Anime. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday because we're weekly, baby. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on the anime that we review. You'll also find more info on Strictly Jojo, our podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.